Hi, I'm Kirsten Leo, and this is the Light Path Podcast, brought to you by thelightpathcollective.com. I am passionate about exploring energetic practices, spiritual principles, healing modalities, and connecting to the experience and wisdom of others to illuminate our paths and live at our greatest capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love. On today's episode, I am joined by the absolutely inspiring and infectious Julia, otherwise known online as the Banana Warrior. She is a woman who knows the impact that being bold can really have. She is a business and life empowerment mentor whose infectious energy and passion for life has seen her grow both personally and professionally. In this episode, Julia shares with us part of her story and how being bold has taken her on unexpected journeys and expanded her life in ways that she couldn't have even imagined. I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Episode as much as we enjoyed recording it for you. Julia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on. Well, I mean, it's so lovely to speak to you. Just for the a little backstory, I actually met Julia randomly in Bali many years ago. Um, it was my first trip to Bali and you were staying in the room next to me, but you knew one of the other girls that were staying there. And so we ended up having this random breakfast together where you turned up, your legs completely cut up because you'd fallen off your scooter the day before. Oh my God. You yeah. Remember that? Yeah. But you were a mess, bless your heart. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'd forgotten that part. Yes, I had. And I was super emotional about it as well, oh, wasn't I? Yeah, you were down in the dumps, understandably so. Yeah. And all I got from the out you know, breakfast together was here's this woman who used to be a primary school teacher has now transitioned into a whole new career. And at that time that is, was like this fantasy to me. It didn't even feel like a dream. It was a fantasy because I couldn't Mm. imagine how that would happen. So as a result, I've stalked her ever since I've watched her (laughs) unfold and been absolutely inspired just by watching, not by interacting with you, but just by watching your story. So in a way, you're a big part of my story without even knowing it. So thank you for that. Oh my gosh, that's such a lovely introduction. I love that that had that effect on you. That's why it's so good to kind of spend time with people that you find inspirational, right? I've just been talking to a friend just before I came on here about the people you surround yourself with. It's everything, right? You know, it can actually change your life. Oh, well, it will actually, I believe, mould your life because if Mm. you're going to hang around people that just say have the same mentality of 20 years ago or are doing Mm. the same from 20 years ago, you're going to get stuck in that trap. It's going to be so hard to break out if you do want something different for yourself. So this is why I've got you on because of how bold I find you in the most beautiful of ways and how that has really inspired me to be bold or find that essence within myself. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. And yes to boldness. I mean, that is, that, that's probably my favorite word at the moment, you know. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Yeah, because it's, 
do you know, I, I often just say it to myself when I'm making decisions or when I'm walking into rooms or when I'm about to give a speech or, or even sometimes just talk to a client about something. I always say to myself, just be bold, just do it, you know, because there's, it's like, you know what you want to do. And there's always these little voices and always these kind of other feelings, but just being bold with what you want to do will get you so many places. Oh, and I, I mean, let's dive into your story to um, see how, in real time what that has meant to you. But yeah. before we do that, bold might be your favourite word, but I would also love to know, do you have a favourite quote? Oh, yes, I do. The one that just springs straight into my head, which I all I tell myself regularly, actually, um, is if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll keep getting what you've always got. Oh, that every time I even say it, it makes me want to cry <laughs> because it's just so true, isn't it? I mean, we we constantly as humans just try the same thing over and over again, yet expect a different outcome. Totally. You know? Totally. I've noticed that especially like when it comes to to um, basic stuff like humaning, like my body and just, you know, even yeah. working out or eating in the yeah. same way I did as my 20, expect in the 20s, expecting the same result in my 40s. And it's, and it's so insane. And, but I think you do have to be <clears throat> bold <laughs> to be brave enough to change things in order to get a different outcome. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? The word bold in that whole decision-making with kind of changing your thinking or your life or your direction, there's a moment for that boldness, right? It's But the lead up to that, that doesn't have to be bold, that you can be quite gentle with yourself. You know, it's this, as you said, when you were thinking about changing your career, something that I said or something that I turned up with planted a seed and, you know, kind of got you moving with that idea. And I think, that's when you can be quite gentle with yourself. But once you've made the decision, jump. You know what I mean? That's the bold jump. And that is what I think you're saying, the bold effect, right? It's just like once you jump, go. For sure. So let's yeah. let's break. I would love to hear in your words, your experience mm. of your journey. Obviously, we can hear from your beautiful accent. You were from the UK, but yeah. you do currently live in Bangkok. And when I met you, you were just finishing up your teaching career there. So tell us about this journey from primary school teacher in the UK to an absolute powerhouse entrepreneur <laughs> and mentor living and working in Bangkok. Yeah, gosh. I mean, like you, I never, ever thought that any of what I'm doing now would be possible for myself. You know, it was watching other people on Instagram do it or watching people on TV do it and, you know, thinking, wow. I mean, how do you get that lucky? I, I would have that thought a lot. And I remember being in a shared house in London because lots of people share there because it's just so pricey. And I was a, a primary school teacher. And I remember sitting in my room and thinking, God, I just want something else. I just want something more. And I didn't know what it was, but I just wanted it. And I was looking at um, Instagram pages like Deliciously Ella and um, Madeline Shaw at the time. And I was just thinking, how did they do that though? You know, it's, it's, it's too easy to kind of believe that maybe they were kind of born into it or maybe they had a foot up. But actually most of the time, those people that you really look up to and really kind of want to be like, 
are just the same as you, you know, but they've just made some decisions and they've run boldly in that direction. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, I had a really hard breakup. And the one thing that I like about really hard times is that they often propel you into massive growth, even though they feel so shockingly horrendous at the time. I mean, I this breakup was just horrible, but it did do something to me, you know, through that pain it really made me reconsider things. And um, and I think there was a natural up level that came from that. I didn't even know the word up level then. Mm. But what was funny is that two weeks after the breakup, one of my friends rang me and said, Julia, I'm working in Bangkok at the moment. I taught with her in London before. And she said, they're looking for another teacher. Do you want to go for the interview? And I said, no, I'm not moving to Bangkok. And she, and she, was, um, she said, well, just do the interview because you know, if you get it, then you can decide, right? And so I did it. And then uh, honestly, a week later, I was packing for Thailand. No, so you'd never wanted to live in Asia, like that wasn't on your no. own. Wow. No, but I knew I wanted difference. I knew I wanted something different. I also knew that I loved adventure and I really wanted to travel. And one of the reasons I became a teacher was to work abroad. So, you know, it was just that Bangkok I've been once when I'd kind of traveled here before and I'd only seen the touristy part and but and I was really not enticed by it um but you know I mean I couldn't deny that this was a massive opportunity that had just fallen on my lap and I really believe even stronger than ever now but I still believed then that opportunities like that that fall in your lap and are easy are meant to be taken that's a re- that's a really good point because I think sometimes, especially like you say, in those moments of perceived devastation where change is thrust upon us for us, not to us, but for us, mm. that sometimes we make these silent almost intentions or unintended intentions. Like you're like, I just something different, just something different. Yeah. And then when it's gifted, it rarely comes in the box we imagine we want to open, yet clearly you did, and that has changed everything for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think the thing is, is that you are almost telling the universe and and very importantly also telling yourself that you are so dedicated to your life and getting the things that you want and and dedicating yourself to feeling what you want to feel in your life that it in turn puts you on a different wavelength and you start attracting very different much higher level things and I did that when I moved to Thailand and so I moved and I had such a hard time settling you know I really cried every single day um, for for about three or four months, which is a lot of crying. Um, I really didn't like it. For me, it felt so foreign. Um, Of course, it's really foreign to where I grew up, right? You know, you could not probably get more different, right? And I I didn't know even things like what to eat, you know, the things that would cheer me up when I felt low in London, I couldn't do any of because I couldn't find it. And, and, you know, when I'd get really low in London, I'd go and stay with my mum, but I couldn't do that. You know, so it was, there Mm. were, I couldn't find my comfort, basically. And I was just going out a lot, partying. I was spending time with people that were not great for me, but 
I thought I just don't want to be lonely here so you know let's just run with it but in London I never would have kind of made those kinds of friendships you know and um I started eating unhealthily um it was actually I was getting into a bit of a downward spiral and I remember my mum coming to visit me and saying to me you know look you have been crying every day for about you know four or five months um you've tried it like you've you've tried it and maybe it doesn't work you know maybe you should come home and I thought I really thought about it I really did and I but something about my mum saying that to me, you know, and really thinking, God, I, I could, I could go home. Of course I can. Mm. But um, it switched something in me. And I thought, if I do that, what am I saying to myself? I've done five months. If I can do five months, I can get to a year. And I thought, and if I go home, I just knew that I would never live abroad again. I just thought I will have spooked myself. Like it was almost traumatic, honestly. Mm. And I thought, if I, if I, if I don't continue and prove to myself that I can do this, but it's just taking much longer than I ever anticipated, I won't do this again. And then I'm limiting myself and I know that I can do it. I often think even now, I wonder if I had gone home, like I wonder what my life would look like now, you know? Oh, you'd I'm, probably still be teaching. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. No, it wouldn't. And not that there's anything wrong with that, right? You know, I mean, we need all types of, of roles and people in the world. But yeah, I, I often wonder that because, but it was, I think it was absolutely monumental because that was where the deepest up level was because that is where I had to do something that I'd never done before. I had to stand completely by myself on my own two feet and get this, find this deep courage and strength from within and be like, right, how do we make this work? It's you and me together. Let's go. And I've never had to do that before, you know. And so, I, I think I, this is why moving overseas is such a big thing. And I, yeah. I my moment like that was standing in the middle of Oxford Circus <laughs> on a yeah. Saturday, and oh, I God. just remember thinking, how can I be surrounded by so many people, yet be so alone? I know. And it, it was, I've, I can't even describe the feeling. It brings tears to my eyes thinking about that girl standing there. But I think when you're in those kind of rock bottom or those, oh, my goodness, moments, you have to make a decision. Yeah, exactly. And I think we obviously in those situations made the same one as like, no, I need to figure out a way to make, I want to make this work. Yeah. And how am I going to do that with and for myself without the support of absolutely that used to support me absolutely and you know the of course there isn't a much easier option like you could have gone home from london and i could have gone home that's easier right oh my gosh the, the mornings i would the mornings i would get up and be like do not get your passport out of the drawer hide the passport for god's sake <laughs> i know i mean i i just for me the consequences of what I knew that easier action would have was just going to be too, too much for my life. And, you know, you've done it. Like you went to London, like that's the hardest bit, but you know, and I, and I just thought, I don't think I'd ever let myself get to this stage again. Cause I don't know what the good part looks like. 
Mm. And I, I thought there must be a better part than this. Like not everybody's crying every day living here, you know, like some people, some people have made themselves happy. You can do this too. And I think it's just that, the, you know, the people I was hanging around with and, and the, the kind of life that I'd created for myself was just was not aligned. So, you know, if I had been living that life in London too, it also wouldn't have been a happy one for me, you know? So I had to, I remember journaling and I, and I wrote this list of all of the things that I was doing that weren't making me happy. And that was a hard list, right? Cause I really had to get honest with myself and some of the stuff you don't want to, some of it's about escapism, right? And you want to keep it going, but I was oh, like, but actually, mm. yeah. And then I made a list of, right, what can I do to counteract this list and, you know, do some different things? Oh, my gosh. It was just such a big change. And I just did it because then I thought, then I've tried my best. Yeah. If this doesn't work, I try. I don't mind if something doesn't work, but I know I've given it everything. But I knew I hadn't, you know, so I thought, yeah. right let's try it if not I'm going home and that's it and then it started to work and then my and then my business was born and that was so did you always want this business though because you're a school teacher so did you always want this business yeah. like where no. did we go from there to there so what happened was I so in my bid to make myself happier I started getting really healthy because I knew that was going to make me happier and what happened in Thailand you don't they don't have ovens built into the kitchen. So you have to buy an oven and something I just hadn't done. And I just thought, right, you know, you need to be able to cook to be healthy. So I bought an oven and I started baking again. And that was something that I just loved to do in London. And that was something that really used to cheer me up, but I just hadn't done any of here. And I just, and I, I remember the first thing I baked was of course, banana bread. <laughs> and I got my first ever photo of that banana bread and I was so proud of it. I did it now when I look at it, I'm like, oh my God, the photo is just so funny. But um, it was, I was just so proud of it and it was, it was delicious. And I was like, oh my God, I've created something here that's really healthy. And then I was doing that every week and I just would always have banana bread. And then I don't honestly, I was, I moved away from these social groups. I wasn't hardly going out as much as I was. I started finding markets that I'd love to go to at the weekend. I found a hairdresser I, I liked. I was getting my nails, you know, it was things, I was building the things that I knew made me happy again. Um, and, and I was much more independent. I didn't have as many friends anymore, but I didn't mind because I was getting this connection with myself that was much better. Mm. Um, and then and it was newness and it was much more positive and I felt really alive and very present and I went to a yoga studio one weekend and they didn't have any snacks and I was super hungry I don't even honestly know what came over me but I just went up to the owner and said would you ever think about selling banana bread I make amazing banana bread and um, she said, oh, do you sell it? And I was like, yeah, I didn't sell it. But I was thinking, well, I could, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I just give it to you and you buy it. Um, but then she said, yeah, come in next week with some samples. And I was like, samples? But yeah, like, I don't even properly have a recipe. So that week, I baked, honestly, about 150 banana breads. I'm not even joking. Every night I went home and I was like, oh, my God, just baking. And um and I was like trying every bite. Like I've got, I've still got the book and it's the loveliest book. It's like in our bakery. And sometimes I look back over it and it's just like, you know, the date. And then it's banana bread one, two. And then it gets to like banana bread 99. <laughs> like, oh my nice. goodness. 
it's really cute it's so lovely because it really was the beginning magic of a business and god I had no idea it was going to lead to what I've got now anyway she started selling it and it was the most exciting exhilarating magical time of my life and then I went into another big vegan restaurant in Bangkok the biggest and I asked them if they would think about it and they they loved it and then when they started selling it is when it just blew up and then I was having restaurants coming to me asking me to do it and I was still working full-time as a primary school teacher which is just absolutely mad so I'm imagine I'm imagining <laughs> you come home after a day of teaching which is a whole lifetime in itself one day in the classroom yeah and then you come home and what I'm imagining is like this little um like oven that sits on the top of your bench (laughs) (laughs) and you there all night just churning out and wrapping banana bread yeah I mean it wasn't dissimilar to that. They were quite, I mean, I, I had two big ovens. That was it, though. So I could only bake six banana breads at a time, at that time. And um, and I would bake until two in the morning some nights, and then I would run back on my breaks to take banana bread out of the oven, and then I would deliver the banana bread, and then I'd run back to teach a class. It was like that for about six months, and it was absolutely exhausting, you know, it was really really exhausting um and then one night my power went off in the building and I had a lot of orders the next day and I had to wait for it to go back on I remember carrying my ovens down to the office downstairs in the apartment building that I was in and saying I've got to plug it in here I've got to bake these and they let me do it because I was so desperate and they were kind of you know taking phone calls and I was baking banana bread and it was just a mess but it was such dedication and I kind of I thought god you uh, that made me think you really want this Julia like you know you could just say to the people sorry I can't get your order out tomorrow but instead I was you know killing myself making this work and I remember calling my mum because obviously she was on a different time zone and saying to her this has just happened tonight and how crazy and she said well you know how long can you keep this going for you know how much longer can you keep working like this? Because, you you know, if you burn out, there is no business. And so that night I worked out how much do I need to make from banana bread for me to sustain my life? And I was thinking, look, I don't have to have the same lifestyle as I have now, but how much do I need to pay my rent to, you know, yeah, survive basically. And I worked out how many banana breads I would have to sell to make that work. And I went in the next day and gave him my notice for teaching. No way. Yeah. And because, I... Wait, because you already had the orders for that amount of banana bread each week or because you were like, I'm going to figure out how to get that many orders? No, I thought I'll figure out how to do this. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, hence why we're calling this the bold effect. <laughs> yeah, that was bold. That was really bold. But the excitement that took over with me being even able to have the extra time of not having a full-time job mm. to build this properly was so monumental but also I it's nice to always know that you've got a safety net right because being a teacher there's always teaching jobs I was like if it doesn't work I just go back to being a teacher you know so that was good that that helped um and then left teaching um you know did it for a year built it lockdown happened at our business boomed because we just 
pivoted and just um, everybody wanted comfort food at home, right? And take me back. I'm okay. So I love to get in the nitty gritty because yeah. I think it goes back to what you were talking about before looking at these people on Instagram and you're comparing your day minus 100 to their day 5,000. Yeah. So you give in your notice and you know, okay, my last paycheck is going to be in a month or whatever. What do you do between now and then? Like how did you invest in a space? How did you find staff? Like what were those mm. steps? Because I'm sure mm. that took a lot of boldness really to yeah. set it up, like the fundamentals to set it up. Well, I, do you know, I, I had someone working for me really quickly, I think within the first two weeks because I couldn't do the baking because I, I couldn't do it all because I was at work. And it was I was I was really lucky that I was a teacher and in an expat community because it is that kind of community. They know you don't have your family around you and they do often all help each other out a bit. And I was really lucky with that. You know, I had a you know, people were very supportive. Um and so I I just kind of put the word out there, I really need someone to help me bake. And and somebody messaged me saying, my her child's nanny was looking for extra work during the day. And so she started working for me. And basically she would drop the child off at school, come to my apartment, bake, and then finish when school was ending, go and pick up the child. And then I would come back from school because I'd finished work and, and finish the baking. So we handled it like that. Um, and so she stayed on with me for a while and then I managed to get somebody else as well. Back then I was just doing it word of mouth, really. I think it was one of her friends that came to help and it was just people wanting extra money. But then I was just paying by the hour and I was just saying, right, I only need you for this hour, this many hours, you know, I'll just pay you for that. Then about a year in, I saw a business coach and he said to me, but it's quite hard to build like that. You know, you need proper staff that you're saying, right, you're coming in at a full-time basis. This is your monthly salary you know you get an hour lunch break you do it like this you know actually put things into place because at the moment you're kind of playing small and when he said that to me again we up leveled so you know that that staff ended up leaving um which happens when you change things staff leave right and I remember the first time that that happened oh my gosh I was so obsessed about it Mm. I really cried when they left and now I have staff in and out a lot and it doesn't bother me that much you know it's just it's just the nature of the game especially in the food industry and so yeah and so then I got staff in that I you know straight from the beginning I said right these are the hours this is your monthly salary this is what happens you know and that was much better and then we could really build all together so how did you know um, that you could pay their monthly salary, though, if you didn't have the orders already? Was that just complete faith in, oh, like, I'm not yeah, even it was, as it will sell? Yeah, it was just complete faith. I mean, I was making a certain amount already to pay for one. And then we were growing at quite a rapid rate. I just really trusted it, you know. And I was very honest with them as well. I was saying to them, look, this is a real beginning business. We're really at the start here. You know, I want it to get like this. Let's see. You know, and I didn't, I guess I just didn't think about it. I probably didn't think about it enough. And that has been something that has happened throughout my business journey. I go with how excited I am on things. And I don't think perhaps as much as I should about things, but that it has always worked out. So, you know, yeah, but that that's the essence, I think, of your boldness that has been one of 
the keys to your success. Mm. Yeah. You trust your instincts or your intuition, whatever we want to call it, and you went for it. It's almost like commit and then figure out how to do yeah. it or how to make it yeah. happen. Yeah, and I always know that I don't mind. I, I think things going wrong or things not going to plan doesn't scare me that much. And I think that's where I'm quite lucky. I think, you know, you know, when you've been through hard times, I remember when I was growing up, I don't normally talk about this actually, but I, when I was growing up, I remember saying to my mum, I, why do, why do our family have to be going through a harder time? You know, like, why is it harder for us? You know, why, you know, it's not fair that that I didn't see other people going through stuff. And then that, that's not to say that they didn't, I just didn't see it, you know? And my mum said to me, this is going to make you so strong. And I promise you that is going to be amazing for your life. And she was so right because that's the great thing is that when you've been through hard times, you know you can handle hard times. And so if things go wrong, you know you'll handle it. And it probably isn't going to be as bad as some of the hard times that you've been through anyway. So you are much more willing to take risks because you're not so scared about it not happening. And honestly, with business and anyone that's thinking about starting their own business or moving forward with this, you will handle it if it doesn't go to plan. Like, don't let the thoughts of it not going to plan stop you from doing what you want to do and and keep you playing small, you know, because that that's a shame, you know? Like, what if it all goes to plan and better? Yeah, well, and what's that quote? You know, doubt will kill many more dreams than yeah. ever will. Yeah. And I mean, you've kind of touched on it, but eventually you you have this cafe, you have this thriving business yeah. in Bangkok now. But, you know, all those steps along the way, that blind faith, that belief in self, that attachment to the excitement and the energy of what you were doing, that not fearing it's and the other quote, oh my God, why am I so quotey today? But the other concept <laughs> of like the bird doesn't trust the branch. Yeah. It's on it. Trust it's got wings. Yes. Yes. I love that. Oh my gosh. So I love a quote as well. And we used to, <laughs> well, what we do actually is we write handwritten quotes for every dessert that we send out and we put it under the ingredients. No. And that's, but that has been one of ours in the past that, that the bird quote um, is so true. Yeah. God. Oh, and that's what I mean about when I'm coaching my business coaching clients now, I talk to them so much about building the connection with themselves and how important that is for business. Because the way that you feel about your capabilities and your strength and yourself will be the way that you show up in business and it will have a massive effect on the decisions that you make and where you run. Your success is based on the way that you feel about yourself and the connection that you have to yourself. Yes, yes, yes. Talk talk to us about how you, I mean, you've touched on it a little bit, but how do you, how have you and how do you continue to cultivate that for yourself? Mm. Ah. So I have a really strong morning practice, which I think, you know, a lot of successful people um, that I kind of listen to on podcasts, et cetera, talk about morning routine, right? It's such a common one. And I, I almost don't want to say it because it sounds so cliche now, but it is so important. It really is. That is 
how your day goes because of what you do in the morning. And there's something about what you're saying to the universe if you wake up and you, you know, go in strong. So I meditate every morning and I see it as medicine for my brain, you know, and I see it as like the mental clear out that I need after sleep. I journal every morning. The minute I wake up, the first thing I pick up is my journal. And I just write, it doesn't need to be long. It doesn't need to be short. It can be anything you want it to be. But it's the time when my mind is just most clear and most aligned. And it's beautiful because it's really where I see the things that I want and who I am in those moments, which is just amazing. So yeah, journal, meditation, I move. And sometimes the movement isn't much. It doesn't need to be like a full on hit workout. Um, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it might just be a gentle stretch, but move because that signals to your brain that you're awake, right? And um, and then I just, when I'm getting ready, I mean, I, I, I make an effort, honestly, with what I wear and the way that I show up every day. And I was even, I remember even doing that in lockdown and people saying to me when I was on Instagram, like, what are you doing? Like, you're not obviously not going anywhere. But, um, but it was, there's, uh, for me, it's like, right, I'm in work mode, you know, like, okay, right. And it, it, I'm so much more productive. And I work out the things that I'm not so confident about, which changes all the time, right? You know, like we, someone can say something and it can knock you or something happens and it knocks you and whatever. And, and so I create, you know, affirmations and I'm constantly speaking to myself um, about that. I also, one thing that really is massive for me is taking solo trips. Oh. That's really good. Yeah, that, that for me really builds a connection with myself. I'm relaxing, I'm resting, I'm, you know, reevaluating and I'm having a nice time with myself. That's big. That's a big build. That's, that's one that I haven't heard someone talk mm. to. But now that you conceptualise it and view it like that, I absolutely see what you're saying and trips. Yeah. And interesting because I'm actually going somewhere soon and I'm going to have a few, like one or two days just on either side of things by myself. And I was thinking to myself, what a waste of time and waste of money when I could be home working, but it's not. It's actually No, it's not. It's definitely not. And, you know, taking a break, even if you do a bit of work on a break, a change of scenery can elevate you so much and it can make you work doubly as hard when you get back. You know, it's really, really important. I love that. So really bold comes down to being in such beautiful connection with yourself that yeah. you can walk into the biggest vegan restaurant in Bangkok and say, hey, you want to sell my banana bread? And <laughs> yeah. it's okay that they say no or yes because you've got you. Yes. You know what you're about. You know your value and we're all good regardless. Yeah, of yeah absolutely. And, you know, you when you're selling a product or selling anything right you've got to get behind what you're selling you've got to believe in it and often you've created that right like what you know that's your thing that's come from you and so you've got to believe in it just as much as you believe in yourself you know so when you're showing up to sell your product whether that's on Instagram or or websites or you know well, even just a even, job interview even a date yeah you're showing exactly. up to present yourself yeah yeah and it's just people feel that energy and what people buy into isn't actually often the product right people want to feel a certain way as humans we're addicted 
to feeling at a higher vibration. We all want that and we all want to feel that quickly. So we spend our money on it, you know, and and actually spending our money on something that will make us feel good quickly is a valuable spend, right? You know, it's a great way to spend. But you are, if you are trying to create a business that where you need people to buy into that, then you have to create an experience and a feeling for them. And part of that is the way that they feel when they're talking to you about what you are offering, you know, and what you are giving to them energetically. And so you have to work hard on yeah, getting your energetics up and, and keeping them solid. Well, I, to be honest, I think there is just so much we could talk about. And if you're anything like me, you are now addicted to Julia's vibe um, and because it is so contagious and inspiring. So we are going to have Julia back on this podcast. In fact, I'd love to hear what you would love to ask Julia. Um, head over to our Facebook community and write your comments in there because I will ask her. Um, but <laughs> for now, where can we find you? Where can we be inspired by what you're all about and what you're doing now? Yeah, I'd love you to find me. So um, my Instagram page is probably the best way. Um, and if you want to personally connect, just send me a DM on there. That's probably the, the quickest way to connect. I don't, I'm, I'm not great at getting back straight away, but I always get back, right? Um, so that is the.banana.warrior. Um, and then my cafe is the.banana.warrior.cafe. Um if you want to have a look at desserts and you're ever in Thailand, we also have a website, which is um, thebananawarrior.com. Um, yeah, those are the best ways. And I know that you're doing some business mentoring, so yeah. I'll take you through Insta for that if, if you Definitely. want to you with that. Absolutely, yeah. If you are looking to set up a business anywhere in the world or you're looking just to up-level what you already have, um, I am doing one-on-one -on -one coaching Um which is amazing. So yeah, I'm just taking um, queries about that on DMs as well. So yeah, just um, slide into my DMs and we'll chat. But as I said before, we're definitely going to have Julia back um, talking yeah. to the Light Path podcast in this community because I just really admire you and everything you've done. But for now, all of that is in the show notes so you can connect with Julia. But thank you for sharing your light, your passion, your vibe with us and oh, joining us on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so lovely to catch up and chat properly. Likewise, likewise. So check yeah. out the show notes, head over to the Facebook Instagram, a uh, Facebook page, not the Facebook Instagram page. <laughs> How many social media platforms? Please don't launch it. Too <laughs> many. <laughs> um, so head over to our Facebook community group. Anything you want to talk to Julie about, I will hit her up and I will drag her back on the podcast and we will. Mm -hmm. um, I'd love to come back. Amazing. Thank you so much, Julia. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Light Path Podcast. I hope that the information shared here has helped illuminate your path. Be sure to check out the show notes for links related to this episode. While you're there, remember to subscribe to the podcast to ensure you never miss an episode. I'm Kirsten Leo, and I can't wait to explore and expand our capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love together in the next episode.